of you that have had kids or been around kids for probably more than about 30 seconds know that one of the things you try to teach kids is how to share. And it's not necessarily natural. You know, as a parent, you try to teach your kids, you say, you know, say dada, say mama. There's a word you don't try to teach your kids, and somehow they just know it. And the word is mine. You don't teach it to them. They know mine, mine. And so when your kid wants a toy that another kid has, you go to your kid and you're like, please wait your turn. Or maybe there's another kid who's on that really great swing. You know, the one that feels like you can go all the way over the bar. You remember that swing? You remember when you thought it could too? And you argued with your friends? No, it's kid. There was an eighth grade kid. He told me it could go over. You know, you argued. There was that one awesome swing, and there's a kid who's hogging the swing, and you're like, hey, can you please share the swing? Right? It's one of those things we try to teach to our kids, but it's not natural. It's not natural, and we don't have to teach the opposite. How many times have you heard a, uh, a parent go to their kid and be like, hey, Billy, go knock that kid, go punch that kid and steal his toy, right? You don't usually teach that to your kids. Or how many times have you heard a parent say, hey, gather up, hey, Sally, why don't you gather up 40 matchbox cars, right? More than you could ever want to use, 40 of them, put them in a big pile, and if any kid tries to take one, throw a huge fit and just start screaming at the top of your lungs, right? You don't tell your kids to do that, but they do it. They just do it naturally. They hoard all those cars and they're like, no one can have one of them. Sharing is not natural. The interesting thing is it's a pretty simple concept. The idea of sharing, it's pretty simple. I looked up the definition, the dictionary definition of what it means to share. Here's what it means. It says to have or use something with others, like we will share a piece of pie. The opposite of sharing is to hoard. It's to keep everything for yourself. Now, this idea of sharing sounds simple, but it's actually deeply profound. In fact, to live this out is actually a rather radical thing. And we're going to talk about this concept not just this morning, but for the next three weeks as well. And the reason we are is not because we want you to go back to kindergarten. Some of us may need that. But the reason is because this is a deeply meaningful concept that is central to the Bible. Here at Black Rock, we believe the Bible is more than just a good book. It's actually inspired by God. So if we want to figure out how we're supposed to live and how we're supposed to interact with each other and even how we're supposed to think about ourselves, we go to the Bible. And this entire series of talks comes from one major verse. It's from 1 Timothy 6, 18. It says this. It says, command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, to be generous and willing to share. Now, there's a lot of different ways, good ways, to study the Bible. You can study a whole book. You can read the whole Bible. You can study a topic. A lot of good ways to do it. One of my favorite is to take one verse and to say, what would it look like if we not even just understood what this verse meant, but if we actually lived it out, if it changed the way we thought, changed the way we acted, it actually became part of who we are, what would it look like to do that? So that's what we're going to be doing. And I want to start at the very end of this verse. At the very end of this verse, it says, be willing to share. Why does it say willing to share? 
Why doesn't it just say, just go do it, or like when you can, try to be nice, you know? It says be willing to share because often we're not willing to share. I mentioned this is something that we talk about with kids. What's interesting is as we grow older, we actually talk about it less. In fact, in our society, a sign of getting older and being more mature is to share less. Because then you get your own things. You get your own house and your own car and all your own stuff. And that's what it means to really grow up. Now, I'm not telling you to move back into your parents' basement or whatever that is. But I am saying that there may be something in our culture that goes against this biblical view of sharing. And the reason the Bible talks about it so much is because it is not natural. Uh, A few weeks ago, we had some friends over to our house. And we had the privilege of recently renovating part of our house, our kitchen and our family room. And I'd never renovated part of a house before. Uh, I'd seen some of those shows on TV that do it that make it look very stressful. And I thought, oh, that's just TV. Well, it turns out it is pretty stressful, right? You got to pick out every little detail. You, and both my wife and I, we're, we're pretty particular. So we want things to be just right. So you got to pick out the exact right cabinets and hardware and, 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 and uh, tops, countertops and furniture. We spent weeks looking for furniture, the right furniture at a halfway decent price. And then finally, we got it all done. And it's beautiful. We actually, we love this room. And so we invited some friends over and these were somewhat new friends, you know, not the friends that you're completely honest with. You're still trying to be on your best behavior around them. But the problem was these friends brought some of the most dangerous creatures, really some of the worst predators for a newly renovated kitchen and family room. They brought (laughs) two-year-olds, snotty nose, sticky-fingered, Two-year-olds touching my new sofa. I picked that, that fabric specifically for this sofa. <laughs> Even as we get older, it's not easy to share. And that's why we're going to be talking about it. Because while it may be simple to talk about, it is actually deeply profound to live it out. So let's go back to that verse. Command them to do good be rich in good deeds, be generous and willing to share. The word for share there is koinonikos, all right? Now, that's actually very similar to a word that used to be very popular within the church maybe 20, 30 years ago. It's in Hebrews 13, 16. It says, do not forget to do good, to share with others, for with such sacrifice God is pleased. The word there is koinonia. How many here have heard of that word koinonia? You guys remember that? That was very popular around, uh, a few years ago. If not, that means you're younger. Good job. Way to be younger. All right. You guys ever heard of that up here? A few of you. All right. That's good. Good. All right. You're, you're, you're in college, Bible college. That doesn't count. Anyway. It was a popular word. Probably the most common word that we use today that kind of fits with that would probably be community. We talk about community here at Black Rock a lot. We have community groups. And we talk about how God created us to be with people, to actually share with each other, to share what's going on, to help each other out, to have deep, authentic community. We talk a little bit about it, and that's what koinonia means. It's a different way of living and often different from what our culture. And so this morning, I want to talk about an aspect of sharing that is probably the most difficult part about it. The biblical aspect, the biblical view of sharing is very deep. 
And so over the course of the next few weeks, we're going to talk about how sharing our life and sharing our stuff and sharing our time and sharing our faith as well. But this morning, I want to talk about probably the most difficult aspect for most of us. Now, you remember the, uh, the definition that I mentioned, right? The definition to have or use something with others. That's a good definition, but it's not the definition we want to talk about this morning, because there's another part of the definition that fits in this biblical view of community, of koinonia. And there is another definition that kind of fits with what we're going to talk about. This was also in the dictionary. It says, to talk about one's thoughts, feelings, or experiences with others. For instance, he will share his fear of flying with the pilot. All right? So that is part of it. But to me, that definition was way too touchy-feely. All right? That's just not kind of who I am. If it is you, you're a better person than I am. All right, uh, people that know me know, like, if you try to come up and hug me, it will be awkward. I'm just, that's just not who I am, all right? Uh, it's not a good thing, it's just who I am. So I, I decided to give a little different definition, all right? This is my definition of sharing. It says, letting people know what is really going on in your life and in your head. Letting people know, I got a piece of ice there, just a minute. All right, letting people know what is really going on in your life and in your head. And the reason we put those two is because often what's going on in our life, we don't necessarily want people to know what's really going on. We want to present the best possible version of ourselves to other people. And the reason I said what's going on in our head is because sometimes, oftentimes, things can be going decently well. On the outside, I have a job, I have a family, I've got some friends, I have some things going on. But what's going on in our head is that we are insecure and fearful and anxious. We can't sleep at night. But we don't want to share that because we want people to think that things are going okay. But the Bible describes a very different type of existence, a very different type of lifestyle. Look at Galatians chapter 6, verses 2 and 3. It says this, Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. If anyone thinks they are something when they are not, they deceive themselves. I love that first phrase, carry each other's burdens. Right? It doesn't just say, hey, you know, go notice. It doesn't even just say, just pray for people, which is a great thing to do. It says, carry each other's burdens. Carry them. Walk around with them. Pick them up. Take them from them and put them on yourselves. It's different than how we often act. Here's what I see how we often act. The way what happens is if something's going on in our life that's kind of not the way we want it to be, not going as well as we should, we first of all try to figure out everything we can do to try to figure this out on ourselves. Right? We don't tell anybody. We try to figure it out. We research it. We'll look it up on Google. We'll try to figure all these things out. We'll do everything we can to decide if we can kind of deal with this ourselves. And if it's a little bit beyond that, maybe we go get some professional help, but we still don't tell anyone. And then what happens is when we get to about the breaking point where we just can't handle it anymore, finally, we tell people. Now, the reason I'm talking about this is there's a couple different reasons, but one of them is a conversation I had a number of months ago with Bob Donovan, who leads our marriage ministry, and he's met with dozens, maybe hundreds of couples, and he mentioned something to me that really stuck out. He said, by the time I meet with them, by the time they come and they kind of admit something's going on, there's often so much division, so much distance between the two of them, that it is so difficult to come back together. 
Sometimes it happens, we've seen that, we've seen God work in people's lives where they're really to open up and come back together, but oftentimes there is so much division and, and distance by the time they finally admit it that it's so hard to come together. It's kind of like, let's say you're out you know, working in your yard and you cut your leg, and it's a pretty serious cut, it's bleeding pretty good, and so what do you do? Well, usually you stop immediately. You're going to go into your house, and you're going to wipe off the blood, and usually you'll wash it out, and it'll hurt a little bit to wash it out, and you'll put some sort of antiseptic or ointment or something on there to try to care for it, and you put a bandage over it. But what would happen if you didn't do that? If you just decide, ah, whatever, my leg's cut, doesn't matter, I'm just going to go keep working. In fact, I'll put some dirt on it, something like that. We'll just see what happens, you know. And all of a sudden, you've got all these germs, and it gets infected, and it starts to ooze. And, and then you decide, you know what, I, you know what? I, I better go to the doctor. And so you go to the doctor, and they clean it out, and it is gruesome, right? And it is so painful. The truth is, many of us in our lives, we kind of let things fester. Right? It would be easier if right when it happened, we stopped and we said, you know what, let's take care of this. But instead, we're like, no, I'm going to try to figure out what I can do. I'm going to ignore it for a while. We'll see what happens. And we let it grow to the point where it may be able to be cleaned up, but it's so much harder. God actually designed us as a community to carry each other's burdens. But why don't we do it? Why don't we do it? If it's so much better, why don't we share our needs? Well, there's a number of reasons. One of them is just simply pride. We can't fathom, we can't admit that we actually have issues. Like, we just can't, I can't. Not me. It's not who I am. Well, the truth is, the Bible says all, every single one of us has issues. That's who we are. That's the state humanity is in. You can't get out of that. All right? So to right off the bat, you can't be prideful about that because we all have things going on in our lives. The other reason we don't actually share is because we don't want to be that guy. Or it could be that girl. And what I mean by that guy is the one who just shares everything that's going on. You know that person. You don't even want to answer the phone when they call because they're just going to go on and on about all their problems, all the things they got. Oh, my goodness. Like, come on. Just, like, suck it up and deal with it. Right? We don't want to be that guy. And the truth is, there are some of that guys and that girls. There are people who are needy, who can't get past their own needs, who sometimes actually live out of that need and get attention from those needs. There are those people. And that's probably their issue. That may be something that we can actually share and help them with. But the truth is, most of us aren't that guy. And the truth is, if you're worried about being that guy, you aren't that guy. Right? If you're worried about it, you aren't that guy, because that guy doesn't even realize he's doing it. Most of the time, they don't. Right? And so the benefit for most of us, we're worried about being that guy If you're worried about it, don't worry. You're not that guy. One of the other reasons we don't share is because, truthfully, we don't want to deal with the issues. It's hard to work on issues. Right? When you go in and you got this wound, to first kind of clean it out, it's hard. It's hard to clean it out. And so part of you is like, well, I I don't really want to. I'll just let it sit there for a while. And the truth is we do that so much. But the problem is, if you're not working on it, oftentimes other people notice. They can see what's going on. They can see that something's going on. And so ultimately, the way God created us is to be people who actually 
share. The other reason we don't share is because we're afraid. We're afraid that if we're actually honest about what's going on in our life, in our head, if we actually tell people that, they're not going to like me. They're not going to want to be around me. But I'm here to say today, that is not going to be the type of church we are. It can't be. Because if we are, we're not even the church that God created us to be. The whole point of church is we're supposed to be a place where you can come together, where you can be honest about what's going on. We're going to be a place where you can be honest about what's going on and then help us move to where God wants us to be. That's who we're going to be. That's who we have to be. Because if we're not that, we're not really the church. There are reasons why we don't share. But there are far greater reasons why we need to share. Why we have to. One of them is to bring issues to the light. The Bible uses great imagery about lightness and darkness. It talks about things that are in the dark will never get healed and restored. And so often we try to keep things in the dark, but they have to. They have to come to light in order to live the life that God designed for us. The other reason we have to do this is it stops the shame cycle. What happens often is when we kind of are ignoring these things, we're kind of pushing them down, and then we feel ashamed about them because, man, we don't want these things to be going on in our lives. And so because we're ashamed, we don't even tell each other even more. And because we don't tell people, then things get even worse, and so we have even more shame. The antidote to the spiral of shame is sharing because it brings it to the light because it allows you to get the help and healing you need. And ultimately, we need to do it because then we can get the support that we were created to have with each other. And we can get the support that we need. Ultimately, it's going to take a couple things for us to be a church that really shares in the way God created us to be. It will take vulnerability and sensitivity. Vulnerability and sensitivity. We have to be honest about what's going on. And we have to be sensitive to each other because what often happens is like, well, your needs are really big and really bad. And I'm sorry that you suffer from those and are struggling with those. Thankfully, I I do have a few needs, but they're not near as bad as yours. Wow, you are really messed up. So, you know, we don't say that, but we think that, right? Ultimately, we're going to have to be sensitive. We're going to have to be walking around being willing to go, you know what, I see this. I see this person that has this need. You know what? I'm going to step up. I'll step up because I see, I know they have a need. I know I have a need. The truth is, we have, all of us have needs in some areas. We have excess in some areas, and they're often different. And that's actually the way God created us to be. That's the whole point of the church. That's why we exist. That's why we're different people. That's why God created us to say, hey, come together. Otherwise, he would have said, stay home by yourselves and never interact with people. That's not what he said. He said you actually need to come together on a regular basis. Intertwine your lives with each other. Get to know what's going on. Be honest and share with each other because it's so much easier to actually deal with it 
right then. There was, I was on a trip to Rwanda uh, a few years ago, and uh, we had an afternoon where we kind of just kind of got to hang out. We got to hang out right next to this lake. It was a beautiful spot. There was a, they had like a football. So we were throwing a football and running around and playing. I was loving it, and, and it was, I loved doing that, just kind of running around, going swimming as well. And I, my foot, the bottom of my foot got stuck on a rock and kind of like sliced off. It wasn't like all the skin, but it was like a bunch of layers of skin right at the bottom of my foot, right on the, on the kind of the pad right there. And so it was kind of like this nice light pink color. And I'm uh, swimming in this lake that supposedly has parasites that I'm not used to. And so I had a great idea. I stopped right then and said, I'm going to clean it out. And so I took some hand sanitizer and rubbed it on the uh, wound there. Some of you have done something like that before, right? Woo, that hurt. Wow, that was extremely painful. But you know what? It healed. I didn't get any infection. I would walk to the limp for a couple days, but, uh, you know, but I, it was much easier to deal with it then than to actually go with what would happen if we don't deal with what's going on with our life. Ultimately, there's another reason I'm telling you this story. It's something that happened a few months ago to me. There was a person who came to this church, and they were very involved in our Sunday night service, and they were involved for a while. And for a couple of years, we hadn't seen him. And we'd reach out to him and say, hey, how are things going? And every so often, we'd get a little bit of kind of a limited response, but we really didn't know what was going on. And then a few, a few months ago, uh, he actually called me up. And uh, actually, he sent me a Facebook message and said, Josh, I need to talk. And so I called him the next day. And all I could keep saying was, Josh, I thought I could handle it. I thought I could handle it. I said, well, what's going on? So the next day, I went and had lunch with him and found out what was going on. What was going on is he's a single guy, and his father has Parkinson's, and it's getting to an advanced stage, and he was living in their home, and they were trying to take care of him. He also has an older brother who has special needs, so he was trying to both you know, maintain his job, figure out all the financial things that go with a dad who's, who's passing away and struggling with this, and the medical bills and all those kind of things, and try to keep the house up. And the truth was, he had gotten to the point where finally it was so bad that he had to reach out, and it broke my heart. I had lunch with him on a Monday and on a Tuesday at our staff meeting, I literally broke down. And the reason I broke down is because he was doing so much. He was trying to do it, and he was, it's a family that really was trying to do everything together. And I'm like, why? Why can't we just share? And the beauty was we actually got a group of people to go to his house later that week, actually, and help work on it. We had four people work on just the kitchen, just clean it for about four hours just to get it to the point where it was functional again. People working on the outside of the house and helping out. We've been in contact with him since, and, and we're still trying to help him out as a family. But the reason it hurt me so bad is because I knew if he was willing to share, and if we were willing to share, we so much could have carried some of his burden. And the other reason it hurt me is because I know that there are others of us in this church that have similar stories. We're trying to carry that burden so much on our own. But that's not the way God created us to live. God created us to be able to share with each other, to share what's going on in our life, in our head. And so I want to challenge you with just one thing, because if I left it like this, you'd be like, oh, that's very neat. But I want to challenge you with one thing. And the question I want to challenge you with is, what is one need you'll share with one person today? One need 
you'll share with one person. Because in order for us to be this church that God created us to be, it starts with us sharing. You may not have any big, great needs. That's unbelievable. Because then you have so much that you can share. But we all have some needs. And God designed us to be a community of people who come together and carry each other's burdens. Mm -hmm.